0: Amen. So we're talking tonight, tonight and next Wednesday we'll finish the gifts of the Spirit. Tonight is on the gift of, uh, the King James calls them divers tongues, Um, the Greek calls it different tongues, Um, other tongues, and and then next week we're going to talk about the interpretation of tongues. Um, when, uh, when, I got, when I got born again, 1977, in February of 77, I received Jesus. I, I accepted him in my life. Oh, I'm going to tell you a story. I'm going to tell you this story. Um, anybody ever heard me talk about a guy that when I was about five or six years old led me to the Lord? Anybody ever? You, you've heard me talk about that guy? So, <clears throat> n- none of my family can remember this this guy and his wife, and um, when my parents, before my parents divorced, when my parents would leave town, we lived in a college town in Las Cruces, New Mexico, New Mexico State was the, was the college there, my dad was the golf coach there, so he was connected with all the coaches of all the other sports, And uh, and you know, all the coaches had guys that they trusted, so you know, if somebody... You know all the coaches were raising their kids at the time, and so they'd have somebody that was part of their program that somebody could trust. Well, there was this guy and his wife that that stayed with us, and the reason I remember and it was I thought it was five years old it would have had to have been I would have had to have been at least six or seven and but i just I remember this couple, but when I asked my two sisters or my little brother was too little, or even when i've asked both of my parents, I said, "Do you remember this guy that?" prayed with me to accept Jesus when I was a little kid, and nobody remembers this guy. Nobody does. So, <clears throat> so uh, I, have, I, have a, I have a friend, i got, I got to tell you this story, even if it cuts into my preaching time, this is a great story, you're going to love this. So I, ha- I have, a, I have a, a lady friend that was kind of like a second mom to me when I was growing up, especially when my parents divorced, and her name was Barbara Hubbard. And from the time she was about t- in her early 20s, she's been a concert promoter all over the world. She's been a concert promoter. She promoted concerts when I was, when, when I was a kid. So, you know, I, one day one of my girls started writing down all the concerts I've been to. Since I can remember, and so she had this big list on, on Facebook one day of all these concerts I'd been to. The reason why is because this lady would she'd just give me tickets, and I was always on front rows and had VIP passes and all that stuff, you know. And so she's 86 years old, and she's still promoting. So the other day I was I, I, I was thinking about something, and I and I called her. I said, "Where are you?" She said, "I'm in Nashville." I said, "What are you doing?" She said, "It was a concert. It was Garth Brooks." So she's promoting Garth. And I said, "So, so where are you going from there?" And she said, "Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm doing uh, promoting a concert in Lubbock on Thursday night. This is last week. I was talking to her on Tuesday. Thursday night, promoting Paul McCartney's concert in Lubbock." And I said, "Like, Sir Paul?" She goes, "Yeah, Sir Paul." And I said, really? She goes, yeah. I said, how far are you from Lubbock? I said, no, nine hours. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in Texas, everything's big in Texas. That's not, that's not that far, you know, oh, yeah. nine hours. She said, well, drive, and I'll give you front row seats, and we'll go back and take pictures with them and talk with them. And the, I said, uh, <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, okay, let me, let me think about it. So, I'm, you know, it just, it just didn't work. She said, okay. Uh, we'll do it. I said, it's kind of on my list. You know, I'd like, I'd like to go to a concert with Paul McCartney. She said, okay, we'll take care of it. I said, I'm 86. Before I leave the planet, I'll get you to Paul McCartney. I said, okay. So, she posts on her Facebook. I'm friends with her on Facebook, and she posts on there but with a picture, and she's standing with Paul, and, you know, and she says something on there. So, I made a comment, you know, on, on her Facebook. said, man, I wish I was there, or something like that. So that night, we're at home, and and uh, I got my phone and I checked my Facebook, and and I get this I get this iMessage, and and all it says is, it says on there that, said you, you you've grown into a really nice looking man, yeah, and uh, <laughs> he said and you have a great family, and he said do, do you he said you probably don't remember me but we we, we used to sit with your. With your family when you were a kid and he said and i and and he told me some little story he gave, he gave the years, yeah the years and he said you remember i was the football player well he was the field goal kicker in new mexico state and we were we were in this field when i was six or seven years old and i can remember just tears coming down my face and this guy led me to the lord at it's it's probably seven at seven years old but I never lived for God after that. I mean, he, he graduated that year and, and he was gone. But <clears throat> that experience literally saved my life. And so I Facebooked him back and I told him, I said, man, I've, been, I've, I've talked about you my whole life, you know. And, and, I, and I got to thinking, how amazing are the people that God puts in our life, you know. And, and how many people... Does your life touch and you don't even know? I mean, he didn't say anything about that. He probably doesn't even remember because he was caught up in living that kind of a lifestyle and leading people to God and he had had real conviction, you know. And and so we we've just communicated back and forth a little here and there and and uh And now he lives back in New Mexico, and I said, "Well, I come and see my dad some, and said, really want to see you, you know, when we can." And so, it was just—I mean, just a God just blessed me with that. I mean, I just that whole night and the next day, I couldn't get away from how awesome God is. I'm telling you, that experience saved my life. It saved my life because I genuinely got born again, even though there was, no, there was no food on top of that. There was no nourishment and development. That experience saved my life because I made a confession that night. I've remembered it my whole life. I, it was like it was yesterday. I can, I can tell you the field we were in. I can see the goalpost down there. I, I'm right in the middle of that field on my knees just weeping, and nobody taught me anything about God. I didn't know anything about God, but I got born again that day. And, and and just supernaturally get connected with this guy hmm? that's better than going to Paul McCartney amen so I just thought you'd like to know that anyway you man right so we're talking about the gifts of the spirit and you know um, we're talking about the gift of different kinds of tongues the gift of other tongues and um, I remember <clears throat> after I got born again and I you know I got born again on purpose through the group of people that I got born again with that understood and 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 embrace the gifts of the spirit and, and the gifts of the spirit in operation you know in in services and and groups and all kinds of stuff and so but, but you know, we went through and then I got married and and Becky and I went through a lot of kind of strange things with the gifts of the Spirit. It was just a, we, we, we saw a lot of things that looked like a demonstration but they didn't produce a lot of fruit. And it didn't mean that's the way it was everywhere. It didn't mean that we didn't have a lot of really good things and a lot of good manifestation at times. But there was just a lot of stuff with the gifts of the Spirit that were flaky. And, um, and, you know, we'd go to church services, I mean, like before we were here, and probably some of the time that we were here and pastoring this church, but um, we'd go to services, and like you'd invite somebody, and, and the whole time you're thinking, man, I hope somebody didn't do something netso. You know, these people are coming into the church, and, and we want them to come and receive. And, and we hope that somebody doesn't, you know, in the old church, swing on the rebarb or something, you know, and, and, and fall into the crowd or do what, I mean, just some crazy thing that, that, that sometimes people would do. And, and I'm not against anybody or anything that's ever happened in people's lives or experiences that anybody's had. I'm not against any of that. But I've just realized how real that God is. Over the last number of years, I've I've become to realize how real these gifts are and what they're intended, what they're intended for. What is the number one purpose of the gifts of the Spirit? Hmm? To profit. Have we been talking about that? Every week? Have we not said that? That the gifts of the Spirit are to profit you. They're to profit people. They're to profit mankind. The other night... We were in our, we were in our house, and we had a, we had a, got a report from a family member that there's some things going on and and not good, you know, of a family extended family member, and we just got in a circle, my whole family, and we began to pray in the spirit, and there were four words of knowledge that came forth as we prayed in the spirit out of each, each one of us, out of, out of different ones of us. Four words of knowledge that came forth. And those words of knowledge were spoken out of each of our spirit to profit that one that we're speaking over, right? The gifts of the spirit are to profit people. And, and there's not a day goes by anymore in my life When the gifts of the Spirit are not in operation, there's not a day that goes by because I'm so aware of it. And and, and the reason we've been teaching this is because I want you to be aware of the gifts of the Spirit. You're not here without any help. You're not here having to figure things out on your own and just trying to have to reason things out in your life. You're not here having to try to figure it all out. God's Word is true And the gifts of the Spirit are real, and they're here to benefit us, to profit us, to advance us, to help others, to help ourselves. And and God wants us aware of that every morning. Every morning you wake up, boom, there's the mercy and the grace of God. Bam, right in your face, right there, right next to you. Good morning, mercy and grace. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this awesome day. Father, I thank you for the person of the Holy Spirit that you've caused to live on the inside of me. And I don't have to enter into this day troubled and upset with no answers. I've got every answer to every question, to every issue, every situation that I face. I've got the answers. And as we pray in the Spirit and we pray with these other tongues, amazing things can happen. And they're not weird and they're not strange. In fact, a couple things that I wrote down about this that, that I want you to think about. That the gift of tongue, and, and it's in 1 Corinthians 12, it's, it's the, the last two, the gifts of, uh, of other or different tongues, of different kinds of tongues. And, and, and this gift... Is a supernatural gift, or it's a supernatural sign. Um, it doesn't take. Um, it doesn't take linguistic abilities. It, it it doesn't take mind or intellect to be able to operate and flow in other kinds of tongues, because because. Other kinds of tongue are a vocal miracle of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say vocal. Vocal. Other kinds of tongues are vocal miracles of the Holy Spirit that is inside of us. It's not something that we are smart enough and intelligent enough to understand. It doesn't take understanding. It takes yielding. And when we pray in other tongues and we build ourselves up, and there's a number of things that praying in the Spirit does and it accomplishes, what it does is it positions us to different kinds of tongues at different times and the interpretation of what God is trying to say. Now, I've said this many times before, and maybe you've never heard me say this, but and I'm going to prove this in these verses that we're going to talk about. But tongues and then interpretation of tongues is the, is the equivalency of prophecy. Last week we talked about prophecy as we prayed in the Spirit and different people prophesied and had certain things. I mean, I mean you saw how awesome that that flowed last week as, as, as we prayed in the Spirit and then things manifested. Edification, exhortation, and comfort, Right? That's what prophecy is. It's not anything else. Prophecy is to edify, to exhort, and to comfort. That's what prophecy is. And tongues and interpretation is that equivalency. Okay, So, I'm going to separate something that I think is really important about tongues. Most of what the Scripture talks about in relation to tongues is devotional. Say that. Say it again. So what does that mean? Something that's personal, right? Most of what the Scripture talks about where tongues are concerned are devotional. Doesn't mean that it can't be with with more than just you and God. Or w- more than than, than just a one person, or somebody that you're ministering to, like to a whole congregation. Tongues and interpretation can manifest that way, but I believe predominantly it's a devotional thing. And um, and, and and I want to just I want to read through several things. I have no watch and no phone and nothing. What time is it? Ten till. Okay, got forty minutes. No. Um. So. So, so just follow with me, because I'm going to read a number of verses of Scripture in just in the next about 15 minutes, and, and I want you to see some things that the Bible says about tongues. You know, so the question is that most people have, so, so why do we even mess with different kinds of tongues? Why, why, even, why even go there? Well, because the Bible is real clear about it. So let's just start with... The last chapter in the last few verses of Mark chapter 16. Last chapter of Mark in the last few verses. Starting with verse 14. This is after Jesus rose from the dead. <clears throat> and he's, this, is, this, is, this is Mark's account of the great commission. Later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table and he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. Because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them, Go into all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized shall be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. What will happen if you believe? But but but, but you're saved, right? And so... First, you're saved, and then if you believe you're saved, then signs will follow, right? These signs will follow those who believe. In my name you'll cast out demons, you'll speak with new tongues, you'll take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it will not harm you. You'll lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Okay, this is Mark's account of the Great Commission, mixed in all all these other things of the signs that would follow would be that you pray in other tongues, in new tongues. You speak with new tongues. So, I'm just going to tell you tonight, speaking with other tongues is part of the salvation package. It's part of the package. It's part of the Great Commission. It's part of the signs that should follow people that are born again. And, 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 Wait, 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 let me back up. Not, not should follow. It's, it, it, it's there for you. Okay? It's not a pressure. Oh my God, I got to pray in tongues.
1: Oh, I got
0: to pray in tongues. I got to be able to pray in No, you, you're missing it. You're missing it. It's part of the package. If you're saved, you're healed. If you're healed, it's because you're anointed. If you're anointed, these signs will follow you. All of these signs. You'll lay hands on the sick. You'll pray in other tongues. If you accidentally drink something that could hurt your body, be healed in the name of Jesus. Accidentally get bit by a snake like the Apostle Paul did. You shake him off. I'm healed in Jesus' name. Part of the package, right? It's the Great Commission. Go teach people that you can do this. That's why we pray in other tongues. Why? Yet yeah, it profits us, but then me praying in other tongues will profit other people, especially if I believe in it, and then I tell other people, and I can pray for them, and they pray in other tongues. Right? So it's part of the package. Some of, some of the other different reasons, okay? This one is, the first one here is that signs follow. Um, The second is this, that tongues is unique to the New Covenant. None of the Old Testament prophets prayed in tongues. John the Baptist didn't pray in tongues. In fact, in Matthew 11 and verse 11, it says this, Assuredly, I say to you, among those born of women... There is not risen one greater than John the Baptist. But he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than John. Why? Because John came under the covering of the Old Testament prophets because he was the forerunner to the Messiah that would save us and deliver us and and create the new covenant for you and I to step into and all these new things and these new signs would follow. Old Testament didn't have it. New Testament did. So it's unique to the New Testament. And part of the uniqueness is found in like a scripture, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is new. That's part of the new. Praying in other tongues, praying in these different kinds of tongues, is part of the new, but it's a but there's a purpose behind it. See, we're not praying in other tongues just to be weird and just to sound weird and just to offend people all around us. In fact, if what you're doing is offending people, you're probably doing the wrong thing. We don't need to pray in other tongues to to affect people in a negative way. We need to pray in other tongues because it's a uniqueness about the new covenant that causes signs to follow us. Third thing. Well... Uh, about that about that new covenant. Hebrews, look at, this is a really good verse of Scripture. Make sure to go back and look at this. Hebrews 8 and verse, um, what verse is that? 6. Hebrews 8 and 6. But now he, Jesus, has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also A mediator of a better covenant, which has established, which was established on what? Better promises. Was the Holy Spirit and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit, was it a promise? Yeah. Everybody say it's a better promise. promise. It's better. That's why no matter how great John the Baptist was, the least of us are better than him, are more proficient, have the ability to be more proficient than he was. Why? Because Holy Spirit was not in him, Holy Spirit was on him. Now in the light of what Jesus accomplished, now the Holy Spirit is in us and now we're one with God the way Adam and Eve were in the garden before they lost it. Now we're reconnected. Okay, Praying in other tongues empowers us in this uniqueness of this new covenant. In really understanding it. Now, Give me, a, give me a word at, at about, uh, at about uh, what was that? Ten, 10 after. Just let me know when just write it 10 after. Um, tongues is evidence of being the third thing is, tongues is evidence of being filled. I want to give you these passages of scripture. I don't have time to go look at all of these, but, but write these down if you're taking notes and go look at these.) <clears throat> Tongues are evidence that you're, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. Five different places in the book of Acts. Acts 2, 1 through 4. That was the day of Pentecost. Acts 8, 5 through 17. <clears throat> Acts 9, 3 through 18. Acts 10, 44 through 46. And Acts 19, 1 through 7, everybody turn there to Acts 19. We'll just read this one one piece. But all of these say the same thing. Acts 19 and verse 1. And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. And he said to them, into what then were you baptized? And they said, into John's baptism. Well, John's baptism, that ain't going to work. Not on this side of the cross, right? Now we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. And we're baptized in the Holy Spirit. And so, yeah, they believed, but then they got born again. See, because they didn't know there was anything. And so then Paul said, John indeed baptized with the baptism of repentance saying to the people that they should believe on him who would come after him that is on Christ Jesus. When they heard this they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus and when Paul laid his hands on them the Holy Spirit came on them and they spoke with tongues and they prophesied. Five instances, five accounts that I just gave you in the book of Acts where they were prayed for they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and as evidence they prayed in other tongues. Now, the last couple things that I just want to look at before we end is what's, okay, so, so that's the evidence, and, and we, have, we have this right to that, but what does it produce? In 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 2, it says, For he who speaks in a tongue, watch this, does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him, however in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. To who? To God. Between he and God, there are mysteries that are uncovered by praying in other tongues. And those mysteries are things that are hidden from the natural mind, from the carnal mind, that only only are revealed through your personal relationship of praying in other tongues. Now listen, listen to me. Listen to me. All over planet Earth right now, there are some dangerous things that are happening. Surely you understand that. We live in some, some of the most dangerous times the, the world has ever known. You know. But that's, that was prophesied. It was prophesied in Isaiah that darkness would cover the earth and deep darkness the people. But then it says what? But. But God. But the anointing. There are some wicked things that are happening on planet Earth right now. There are all kinds of reports that are flooding in from all parts of the planet today of wickedness. Okay? And, And you can sit in front of that, if you have a TV this size or 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 that size or 80 or 100 or 150 or however many inches that it is, no matter how big it is, you can sit in front of that thing and you can listen to all the reports of what people tell you are going on. And you can get all kinds of emails and you can get on there and you can listen to all the things that are people say. But what I want, I want to know the mysteries of God. I want to know what God is saying. And the scripture is very clear to me that if I realize how important and real that other these different kinds of tongues are, I can tap into the mysteries and the hidden truths that the natural mind can't figure out that God will reveal to me what is, what is true. Do you know how many things in the last six thousand plus years that that we know of from creation? I mean, there's all kinds of other years and times and planets and stuff that's out there. I'm sure, and that was you know thousands and even probably millions of years before, because this is not the only place that had human life. We're talking about God, right? So this, this Earth was not the only place of human life. God surely had other things. That he, I mean, we see some stuff in Scripture about it, but, but we're pretty sure there was all kinds of other life and other times and other places. But I'm talking about in the last 6,000 years. You know how many things have been stopped by people that prayed? If people will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, God will move on a nation when people will pray. And I'm not just talking about praying in English. I'm talking about praying in other tongues. How much time do you spend in the day praying in other tongues? Next week, we're going to spend some time as we talk about interpretation of tongues. We're gonna, I, I'm not going to have time to finish this because I'll finish this and then the interpretation part is not very long. But. But we'll finish this, but then we're going to pray in other other tongues like we did last week, and we're going to see how God speaks through people about specific things. See, God's not weird. He's not strange. He's not kooky. He's real, but He's supernatural. He's beyond the natural realm. And if we allow natural... Circumstance. I don't, I don't. I'm not telling you stick your head in the sand and don't be aware of, of of things that are going on, but if you let those dictate what God is trying to say to you, you're going to be deceived. And the church's job on planet Earth right now is to be the difference, and we we become the difference by praying in the, in other tongues. I'm telling you what, I mean. I, I, I in my morning times praying in other tongues, walking through my house I mean sometimes i'll wake up at three and four and five and six o'clock and and I spend time praying in other tongues. there are things that are happening. Things that as I'm praying in the Spirit, God's revealing to me why I'm praying. And, 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 and I can't really even talk about it. I don't, I don't say a whole lot about it. I just do it. And how many of us even just right here in this body do the same kind of thing throughout the day? What's happened and what are we doing and how are we affecting the outcome of things on planet Earth? And what's, what could happen doesn't happen because we pray. And I tell you what, if we shy away from something that we don't understand, like these other tongues or these different kinds of tongues, then what happens is we, we shut down the ability of God to reveal the mysteries and the unknown and the hidden secrets that will help people get set free and delivered. This is the greatest time ever to be alive. I'm more excited today on planet Earth about being alive than I ever have been. My best days are ahead. How about you? I'm just telling you what God keeps saying. My best days are ahead. I mean, when it gets bad, <laughs> the tough get going. Hmm? When you know that you, that you hold this spiritual, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger on the inside of you that, I mean, that can bend and twist and tear up anything, you know, the Hulk is on the inside of you. You're ready to <laughs> begin to come alive. It's what praying in other tongues do. And, it's not, and I, I'm not talking about, I may get worked up emotionally about this. trial. I'm talking about getting worked up emotionally. I'm talking about your spirit man giving you answers about the future. That's what the Spirit of God came to do. Remember in John 16, Spirit of truth has come to do what? To reveal all truth and disclose the things that are to come. In the world, there is much tribulation, Jesus said. Be of good cheer. I've overcome it. Be of good cheer. Hmm? Be of good cheer. And when something bad goes on and it happens, be of good cheer. Arise. When, When something tries to put you in fear, arise. When something tries to tell you that this is going to happen and you know God's Word says something different, arise. It's it's not that the darkness is going away in the world, but the light is being turned on on the inside of us and that light is Him, it's Jesus. And as it's turned on in us and our whole attitude is different, then the world has to change according to the anointing. What all the people through the years that that have tried to conquer and take over And even though people somewhat appeared to succeed for certain periods of time, no government, no organization, no nothing has ever lasted. The only thing that's ever lasted is God. Even in some of the darkest times when it seemed like there was no gospel and no word, they couldn't put it out. They couldn't stop it. They couldn't stop this book right here, ever. It's never been stopped governments have been stopped people that thought they were going to take over the world and 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 maybe it appeared that they did for a season but what they underestimated was the anointing of god in people and somewhere on the backside of somewhere a light a bit got lit and somebody said i'm not putting up with And I'm not going to allow this to happen, and I'm going to stand for this place and for this nation. I mean, I mean, I mean, I, I, we can go into—I can't do it right now—but we could go into stories of how whole nations were saved because of one bit that was lit on the inside of one person. So don't let anybody tell you that this country is going down the drain. Not with me here, right? I mean, I'm just saying that, like. You are hearing me. That's what you need to say, right? I mean, you need to take a whole not, not as long as we're here. See? Yes. See, because we're the difference. You and I were created to be the difference in the midst of the darkness and the deep darkness that's on the people and covering and, and, and destroying and bringing destruction from every direction. The anointing makes a difference. And praying in other tongues is the key to the mysteries that have been hidden. Amen.